MMIWG2S. It is an acronym commonly associated with the MMIW movement. If you don't know, the G stands for girls and the 2S is representative of our two-spirit brothers and sisters. Two spirits is a term used in indigenous culture to describe those who walk between both the male and female worlds. Their spirit is that of both feminine and masculine. Not everyone defines themselves this way, but we wanted to bring this to your attention because, well, one, it's important, but because it's also Pride Month. Our two-spirited relatives are overlooked and ignored, and their stories are even harder to find. Aubrey Dameron, a 25-year-old Cherokee Nation citizen, disappeared in the early morning hours of March 9, 2019. With no leads, no suspects, no widespread media coverage, her family is left with no answers. This is the story of Aubrey Dameron. Hey guys, this is Ash. This is Shiashi, and you're listening to We Are Brazilian. <laughs> she says it. Maggie says it's so nice. I guess if you guys are listening, uh, Maggie is not with us today. She is on the road traveling. It's just me and Osh today. We're going to try and make Maggie proud. So bear with <laughs> us. How are you doing, Osh? You just said you have uh, been up playing ball till four in the morning. Yeah, softball. I was over it by midnight last night and we ended up playing till four this morning. That is wild. I'm glad that you are, you are here this morning and you seem, you seem wide awake. So <laughs> yeah, I'll probably take a nap after this too. <laughs> it's Sunday. It's a lazy day. So it is a lazy day. All right. So, so before we get into the story today, if you follow us on social media. We do have a fundraiser going on for a t-shirt um, that highlights our two-spirited brothers and sisters. And we'll get a little more into that when we go into the story today. But uh, the fundraiser is going to go towards the Trevor Project. So get your shirt and help support a good cause. I had to plug that in. Sorry. No, it's perfect. It, it is Pride Month and that's why we are covering Aubrey. And I hope I say her last name right, Dameron. And if I'm wrong, I apologize. On March 9th, 2019 in Grove, Oklahoma, a trans woman of the Cherokee Nation went missing in the early mornings and has not been seen since. Grove, Oklahoma has a small population of about 7,000 people and is located about 90 miles outside of Tulsa. And I've been to Oklahoma a bunch of times in my life and it seems like everywhere is just outside of Tulsa. It seems like Tulsa is like an hour away from everywhere. Po- <laughs> every point in Oklahoma, yeah. yeah I'm not familiar of- with Grove. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. But if you go to Tulsa, it's about an hour away. (laughs) I've never heard of, I've heard of Locust Grove. I haven't heard of just Grove. So Aubrey is of the Cherokee Nation, which is our sister tribe. Cherokee Nation was originally from Cherokee, North Carolina, where we are located and spanned over seven states. Around, I would say about 184 years ago when President Andrew, whatever his name is. Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jack. Yeah, whatever. Whoever. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't like him. Anyway, old Andy decided the the savages needed to be moved out of the southeast and signed the Indian Removal Act, which forcibly moved the Cherokees on what is known as the Trail of Tears. Um, It was a forced relocation in which many Cherokees passed away on this trail. It is and forever will be a traumatic historical event in our history. And today, Cherokee Nation makes their home in Oklahoma, and there are two tribes that reside there, um, the Cherokee Nation and the United Ketua Band. And so currently, um, the remember the removal bike ride is going on right now, and they're starting their last week. They'll finish up on Friday. 
So shout out to all the RTR riders and yeah, and if you if you guys aren't familiar with it, remember the removal bike ride is where a tribal members of Cherokee Nation and Eastern Band bike ride from New Echota, Georgia to Tahlequah, Oklahoma, retracing the northern route of the Trail of Tears. You visit various places along the way and kind of learn more about our history and culture and the Trail of Tears. Both Ash and I are alumni riders. But yeah, so we're really excited because the group's currently uh, bike riding now. And we know they're just having like the most life-changing experience ever. So yeah, so we wish them well. Wish them hell. Wish them hell. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Missouri is hell. So we wish them well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We probably shouldn't record when Ash has only like three hours of sleep. Yeah. Like, I'm still, like, it's, I'm still in bed. I'm just curled up, just chilling. <laughs> yeah, and I'm in the closet with the cat. So, you can see why we rely heavily on Maggie to kind of keep us on track, because we're, we're all over the place. So, okay, she'll be back the next episode. So, you know, just bear with us. Yeah. So, back to Aubrey's story. Aubrey was born October 22nd, 1993. Have you ever heard of this story? Have you ever heard her story, Shiashi? I haven't actually. It looks like she's had some news articles and stuff about her, but it's probably just one of these ones that just still haven't made it to like the mainstream news. Just like a lot of the other stories we've covered, there's just not a lot of information. In 2018, Aubrey was 25 years old and had returned home to live with her mother, her brother, and her stepfather. She returned home to Grove and was living her best indigenous life. And Aubrey was also known by the nickname Shorty by her loved ones. She returned home, like I said, after having surgery in New Mexico, where she was living with her then-boyfriend, J.C. Pearson. She returned home to get help with her drug abuse and alcoholism. Aubrey referred to herself as a two-spirit, a Native American term describing people possessing a blend of male and female spirits. Really beautiful way to put it. I didn't realize how much two-spirited people were regarded based on their connection to both the male and feminine spirit. Yeah, I had read that too, that, you know, they're able to walk in both worlds. They were just well respected. It's a shame just how things have really just kind of changed in that way in terms of how two-spirited people are viewed. Yeah, absolutely. Jen Bird, Aubrey's mother, recalled she woke up around 3.30 in the morning to see Aubrey leaving the house. She looked out the window and she just seen her walking by. Aubrey had told her brother she was going to meet someone in their small town of Grove, Oklahoma. And that was the last time she was seen or heard from from her family. She left wearing a black jacket, black skirt, black boots, and black knitting hose. When she didn't come home the next day or answer phone calls, her family grew worried and reported her missing. Later, investigators did ping her cell phone, and it was last pinged at a mobile home park just a few hundred yards away from her house. But then there were other accounts that, another article I read, that her cell phone was left at her house. Like when she had left, she left her purse and her phone at her home, and that's where they found it. So there's two conflicting stories there. But So... She left at 3.30 in the morning saying she was going to meet somebody. And Aubrey had a history of addiction. Yes. Drug abuse and alcoholism. Yes. Was there anything in your research that it was possible she was going out to meet a dealer or to use or anything like that? Mm-mm, no, I didn't say. 3.30 is just a really... You know, yeah. what, 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 what's going on at 3... Well, I would say what goes on at 3.30 in the morning, but, you know, you were playing softball, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's hard, you know, but that would be cause of concern for me. Why you're just up and leaving at three thirty in the morning. 
Christian Fencer is Aubrey's uncle, and they were about six months apart in age, so their relationship was more like siblings. They were so close and each other's confidant. In fact, they each came out to each other before sharing it with the world. And so they sound like they were super close. Yeah. And probably like most places in the country, you know, I see big cities being more more accepting, but being in Grove, it's not really a diverse place whatsoever. There's not really a lot of things that go on outside the ordinary mm-hmm. and being too spirited. It's, you know, there's just not a lot of acceptance. Everybody should be able to live authentically as themselves without any judgment. You know, if you're not hurting anybody, you're just wanting to be who you feel like you are. I just, I never understand why people are so judgmental like that. Well, he mentioned in an interview that he remembers he and Aubrey were bullied as kids. Um, kids shot at derogatory slurs. They hurt hurled rocks at them after school and kids can be so cruel and that's just not acceptable teach your kids better you know just be kind to people you know i think we, we hear that a lot like just be nice just be nice to people and it's really that it's that simple aubrey was transitioning and it was not something often seen in rural oklahoma the family feels this could be a reason her case is not getting much attention. Her family recalls being told by law enforcement, we don't think she's a missing person. And they respond with, uh, is it because she's transgender? Is it because she's native? And the police officer responded with, he said no, because of her lifestyle. Okay, what the hell does that mean? I'm assuming he's referring to the drug abuse and alcoholism, but I'm not sure. Ah, God, you know what? We talk about this before because we talk about, oh, I'm getting worked up. We talk about this before about the way people view people in addiction or who's had issues with addiction in the past and the way they're already kind of prejudged. So they don't take their missing reports as serious. But Aubrey just sounds like she had just everything. She had the fact that one, she had an addiction. Two, she's indigenous. And three, she is a two spirit. And and the fact that that's kind of how law enforcement responded to the situation. I don't understand when you've got like families that are like pleading and saying, help us. When you see someone that's loved and that's missed and then you're just kind of brushing it off. um, I will never understand that kind of response. Yeah, it's like they blamed her disappearance on her high risk lifestyle. And I mean, again, we're not to judge who deserves justice and who doesn't. Everyone deserves justice. Right. Um, Pam Smith, Aubrey's aunt stated, and I found this powerful and it's something that you just mentioned. Um, and I quote, it's high risk to be native and missing and high risk to be transgender and missing. And Aubrey was both in quote. And so going back to what you just said, yeah, I mean, well, and then you add on the addiction aspects, you know, we talked about, we've done a few cases about girls in Oklahoma, Emily Morgan, and then we talked about, uh, Brittany Tiger. And these were cases where there was drugs involved or addiction involved in some way. People just didn't really seem to care or really wanted just to point fingers at them. And again, I've said it. I just don't understand it. Like, yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I feel like I've, I'm like, I'm getting heated because it's like, it's not a good excuse to say that you're not going to take somebody's missing report seriously because of her lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. On March 2nd, 2019, a team searched near the family home and found a bloody sock about a half a mile away. The sheriff's office submitted it to the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigations, but said they never received conclusive results. And for three years, those resources still haven't come. The family, like many others, we have shared their stories, organized their own searches, drained ponds, set up Facebook pages, and put up missing person flyers in town. 
Aubrey's mother, and this is heartbreaking. Aubrey's mother does believe she is dead. Her mother stated, I feel my child passed a year ago. A mother and a child has a bond and I felt it. I hit the floor. Yeah, it's that it's the not knowing and the not having closure. Then on top of that, you feel like you're the only ones that are advocating for any kind of work to be done to find them. Yeah. And on top of that, you're trying, you're grieving. You know, it's really bothersome that we have such minimal information. Even with all these years going by, the family is still struggling to get any kind of forward momentum in terms of finding where she is or knowing what happened to her. And I'm like, how are all these women just disappearing without a trace? These articles are saying that the family is adamant that her just having no contact and just taking off is not a characteristic of her personality. It's not something she would do. I can't imagine going to a police station and being like, this is not normal. She's missing. Help us. And they're like, well, we don't really think she's missing, you know, based on her lifestyle. Yeah. I would be pissed. So I can't imagine how her family's feeling even after all these years and there's still no attraction to finding her. With little communication from the police and few leads, little evidence and limited support from the law enforcement, Aubrey's uncle still believes he will someday know what happened to Aubrey. Somewhere, someone knows something. But isn't that the thing? We've been saying, I think we say this literally on every single episode. Somebody knows something. Yeah. It's just a matter of doing the right thing and coming forward or or even providing tips anonymously. Let's do the right thing. If you know something, come forward. Exactly. Somebody knows something. Aubrey was a voice for those who weren't always heard. She opened her home to those who needed shelter. She stood up for those who were bullied. And she forgave those who had ugly words of hate toward her because of who she was. Aubrey had the biggest heart. She loved people and she loved life. Pam Smith, her aunt, prefers to talk about the good times and the good memories of Aubrey. Aubrey was such a loving and forgiving person that she forgave all those that treated her badly. And that speaks volumes of her character. Because she didn't have any hate in her heart. All the hate that was given to her, she didn't have any in her heart. But in March of 2019, her voice went silent. But we will ne never stop saying her name until her family gets the answers they deserve. Because they deserve answers. Aubrey's described as being five foot ten and weighing about 150 pounds. She has two tattoos of Traquinta symbol on her back and the word shorty on her upper left arm. Anyone with information about Aubrey Dameron's disappearance is urged to contact the FBI at 918-664-3300 or the Cherokee Nation Marshal Service at 918-207-3800. Thank you for listening to We Are Resilient. For links to information found for this episode, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at We Are Resilient Podcast. Send us an email at weareresilientpod at gmail.com or visit us at www.